So y'all, it's the month of February. And as we know, February is the month dedicated to African-American people and our history and our broad history and how important we are to this country and to this world. All of the experiments, all of the innovation, all of the um, ideologies that we help maintain and manage and create on this planet, whether it be stolen by a white man or not, is all dedicated to us this month. So I just feel like, I don't know if it's just me, maybe it's just me just going on my rant, but I feel like every month, every every year actually, every year when February hit, it has to be something that has to occur to make us as a community look down upon or less than, or there has to be something dealing with a Caucasian person that just makes us not be seen in the correct light. So here it is, February 2020, and I was wondering what was going to happen this month. What was social media going to promote? What Who was going to bomb who? Um, how are they going to mix black people in the mix of it all? So, yeah, apparently, the second day of February, we haven't even gotten to the first week of February. The second day of February, Megan Thee Stallion is seen with... A white rapper in a very um intimate fashion, and some of y'all might be like, "Oh, well, that's not a big deal. It's it's not that much. It's not that. I mean, it's not as hard. There's a, it's a relationships everywhere." But the point of the matter is that again, it always has to be something during our month. To an extreme where it always has to somehow or inevitably, inevitably include the white man. And it just so happened that this stallion that we so hard promote, that we so, so diligently um, support in who she is and who she decided to be. Starts to become intimate with a little small white man. A far quad, if I shall say so. Literally, small and skinny. Some may see it as disgusting. I mean, it really doesn't faze me. It's just the, the fact of the matter is that it's happening. And why is it happening? Why did the black community feel some type of way about it? Why do some people support it and some people not support it? What are the two sides of the argument? And why it so happened to happen during the month of Black History Month? But we'll get into all that. Okay, y'all, my bad. I almost forgot the name of the artist. The artist's name is g Easy. Um, Like I said before, white man. Seem a little skinny. I don't know how tall he is. He's probably not even tall as Megan Thee Stallion is in the first place. So she's like 5'11". He's probably like 5'8 or something. But the thing about it is, it's always of the the white person or the uh, it's always of someone to take something away from us. Not necessarily not necessarily saying that Megan the Stallion belongs to us, but she is an entity of us, and to to a certain extent, wanna um for for social media and whoever else in the industry to want to um, combine these two in a way during the month of February on, only underlyingly shows how deep 
we are in the issue that we can never escape the feelings that come with the celebratory feelings that we have. This month was supposed to be a total dedication to African-American people, who we are, who we to be, who we decide to be, things of that nature. And for them to, in a way, do this during a month that's supposed to be of us, to add themselves into the situation, is a little disturbing. Um, It was expected. Everything is expected of Caucasian people to steal or to take attention from in any form and fashion or way that they can. Um, G-Eazy himself is a whole thing because um, he's a rapper. He rapped alongside the song Cardi B, um, a song that he did with Cardi B, and I don't want to say necessarily gave him a lot of clout, but it kind of expressed his name out there a little bit more. He's rapped alongside other African-American artists. Just by the way that he speaks and talks and addresses himself, you can tell that he's a... He's a very confused person. He doesn't necessarily understand his role in our society and what it is and what it shall be. You can automatically tell. And it's like it's like you can understand when there's different type of people in general. He's the type of Caucasian person who uses cultural values and standards not necessarily saying that that is our only values and standards but he is another Caucasian person who uses that to try to uplift his own popularity cultural appropriation almost I guess you can call it or whatever but that's just who g Easy is he is um, de-rapping Miley Cyrus or de-rapping Justin Bieber when Justin Bieber got that cut Quite frankly, they all got that same cut or had that same cut during that time of attempting to um, push themselves into African-American culture standards and ways. And it's just a little outrageous that someone of the full extent of who Megan Thee Stallion perceives herself to be would intrude on this, it's it's not. It's like he's not her type. It's like they. It's like a, a very random mix. It's like when you just you're not looking in the cabinet. You take a a random chip out of a cabinet and then you go in the refrigerator and you take a random piece of fruit out of the refrigerator and you just put them together, and they just don't mix. It's like it's like a, a pretzel stick, a little small pretzel stick, and an apple. Who in the hell would eat those two things together? That's just exactly what Megan and G Easy is a perception of. It's like it's like an awkward attempt to take something away from us, and it's almost seeming like that's what um, social media is trying to do, what entertainment is trying to do. Not this. This will not be the last attempt of this month. I'm I'm just gonna let you know that now. This will not be the last attempt of this month to try to include something within the boundaries of our attention and what our attention should be given to. And it should be given in totality and holistically inside of who we are, our core values, our beliefs as African-American people. Um, cultural appropriation is just something that that I guess we can never run away from. 
there will always be a Caucasian person out there trying to quote unquote act black, whatever that's supposed to be in the first place, but their perception of what an African American person is. It's what's the funniest thing about it. It's like they feel like, okay, I'm going to act black. That's not what black is because black doesn't have a necessary factor or a necessary foundation. We're all diverse people with diverse mindsets and diverse thoughts. Quite frankly, um, whatever acting white is was originated by a black person. But that's a different discussion for a different time period. Uh, let's just also hop on the influence Megan has on our generation. And when I'm speaking about our generation, most of Megan's listeners are most likely between the ages of 13 and 25, I should say. Maybe a little younger than 13. You know, you know, some little fast little girls like to listen to Megan. And not necessarily saying that they are wrong because, again, Megan is an expression of a woman. And they should know every form of what a woman is regardless of how society perceives them or believes of them to be i do think that to a certain extent this is an attempt made by our industry to promote interracial love not not saying that interracial love is a bad thing but saying that it seems like in the past five years it has been false attempts to promote interracial love more than black love and again i'm not saying that interracial love is a bad thing there's nothing wrong with loving someone regardless of their race or their gender their sexuality or their belief system it just seems to have come at awkward and very coincidental time periods and this right now is a very coincidental time to want to be in full expression of what interracial love is during Black History Month. It seems like a false attempt to preserve the Caucasian race every single time they do it. And this isn't the first time that we have seen them broadcast what interracial love means. We see it all the time in Disney movies. There are plenty of children movies, matter of fact. Like I said, Disney movies that promote interracial love. Again, not saying this is wrong. It just becomes wrong when they promote it more than another form or fashion of love, such as um, black love or any other form of love that can be. It just seems like they know their target audience. They know who watches it. They know who listens to it, who um, lives their lives by watching um, these movies. So this is what they put inside of them to make them feel like that is the social norm. Social norms are, in my belief, to be something that society perceives to be the only way or society want other people to know is the only way of being. So to a certain extent, in order to upgrade interracial love and to make it seem like, okay, this is the way it is supposed to be. There's no other concrete way. This is the only concrete full way that you can love someone. It's to promote interracial love through children's movies. Because again, the next generation are the children who watch that movie. So the more they watch movies that promote interracial love and interracial values, the more their thought belief system is, huh, this is the only way. And when they see children who or people who want to go outside of these boundaries, it becomes a little confusing. The same way goes with um, heterosexual relationships, how that's the only 
sense of promotion in every movies. But what do you say to a child who who wants to experience another type of love? Do they are they allowed to do that socially? No, because society would not accept that because of the social norms and the social values. So that's one thing that you that we really have to look into. It's not the fault that interracial love is in existence, but the issue is that interracial love is thought to be the only concrete way. And this is another false attempt to include interracial love in the African-American mix. Why is interracial love supported? Why is it strongly recommended? I guess you have to look on two sides because, again, men and women are two different beings, two different genders, two different complex organisms who think in two separate ways. So um, it is the belief of many of us that when an African-American male chooses a white woman, it is to a certain extent because he internally and mentally belittles the thought of an African-American woman. Um, How to break this down? Many of our, some football players um, have been accused with saying, I chose this woman who is not of the African-American descent because she is, she doesn't talk back a lot. And the issue there is that they're choosing these women because of their submissiveness and how they see a relationship or perceive a relationship to be. It is in their right to have that opinion Mm, to a certain extent, I'm going to say that. But when you love someone because they're more submissive than another race, and that's why you didn't love that person, that's not really love. That is a controlling factor. That is a sense of you wanted to control them in a certain manner. So how can you call that love? Or if someone wants to say, well, um, I want my babies to turn out this way. Not necessarily love. It doesn't seem to be love. That's more of you wanting this perception of what you want a family to be. You want children with this two mixes of flat hair and really thick hair with this color eyes and this light skin body. That is, um, that's like... That's like mixing and matching sodas at a restaurant. How you don't that's not something that you love. That's just something that you really desire and want. And those things come from childhood traumas and um childhood thought processes and things of that nature. So interracial love back in the time of slavery was Okay, first of all, let's let's go back to interracial love back during slavery. There are many enslaved men and women who were forced into having children from their oppressors in order to preserve the slaves, to make them feel more oriented in the family mix or for someone who they can trust that's inside of the different minority group that the slaves were in. It was just, back then it was a way for the oppressors to go even deeper into a, a mental stage of, of bondage. It was a way for Caucasian people to preserve their race and their superiority. 
So knowing that this is the root of interracial relationships and interracial um, sexual interests, why would you continue to sprout it out? Things that are built from the roots that form into big trees aren't easily cut down. And people can say all they want to that, well, I love this person or this, this, and that. But there's a mental mind state behind why you chose what you chose or why you decided to do this. Again, not necessarily saying those who choose interrelational relationships is wrong, but there's reasoning behind it. My belief system is that the universe works in ways that we don't necessarily know. Um, I do believe that things and ideas and processes and curses are brought down through generations and through um, time periods or family members before. I do believe in generation curses. And generation curses can go further than um, abandoning your family or sleeping in too late or constantly getting pregnant. Generation curses can even involve into the people that you love. And why you love them. One of the the main things that I have heard was someone saying, usually someone dates somebody who reminds them of their father. So if that be the case, and if that be a very true statement, which it can be on a very spiritual sense, someone who father is an oppressor, He falls in love with someone who reminds him, who she falls in love with someone who reminds her of her father, who is an oppressor. And then that chain just keeps going and going and going and going. These are these are generation curses. And it's a form of generation curses. Not saying interracial relationships is wrong, but the mind state someone has to be in to want to endure this. Typically, it's for the wrong intentions. It's because this part that well, black people. A black woman is isn't as submissive. She's too dominant. She talks back. She doesn't stay home. She's a she's not a she doesn't conform. She's not a conforming person who just believes that okay, I am supposed to listen and do this and do this and do this for my husband. That she wants to be her home being. Or on the flip side, with um a woman believing this is the perception of what a family's supposed to be. That a white man credit score is better than a black man credit score. So if you want a bad credit score, date a black man. Or I want to build myself up financially or have a different game. So I'm going to date a Caucasian man because Caucasian man is going to be able to preserve his money better. These are these are reasons. These are this isn't love. This is um, a form of society taking over another form of society taking over your life. I don't necessarily have a have a good smart catch there on what this is, but it is not love. Love should not have to be. Because of something else. Love just is because of what it is. So when someone wants to date someone because of this, it just doesn't seem like it's what it's supposed to be. And this is all goes to say that Megan Thee Stallion and G-Eazy's relationship just doesn't seem as authentic 
as it's supposed to be. And quite frankly, it might not be my business. It might not be no one else's business except theirs. But the coincidental time period in which they decided to do this during this month, it just seems a little off and a little odd. Which just goes back even further to say that it's always of this country and this society and of Caucasian people to want to take a time period that was dedicated to us and make it about them. That is the underlying issue and the underlying problem with all of this, regardless. It just seems that it's just it just doesn't make sense as of why this is happening. And it's just very odd. It's very it's it's just it's just really upsetting almost. Because we see her as this very we see Megan as this very strong woman. Um Astalia is literally a lead woman. So we see her as a strong woman and then she's dating this, like I said, far quiet of a man. She's dating this far quiet of a man who just doesn't seem to be as authentic as a person that she should or okay, never mind, I'm not gonna say that. She does he just doesn't seem as authentic as he could be or he should be. He just seems like he's trying to be something else or trying to be with someone else in order to get himself into the mix of what he perceives African-American culture to be. And that is a big, a very big issue. He thinks he's going to get his black card. But jokes on him, black card is valid everywhere. It's just a lot I have to say about this. It's very... It's not that upsetting, but it just seems to be at a very odd and inadequate time period. First of all, g Easy is very inadequate within himself. It just seems that it just always, ugh, it just seems very odd. Cultural appropriation is a very, it's a very touchy topic because sometimes African-Americans can't even be themselves without harassment or hurt or physical harm but when you see someone else try to be of us it's just like how is he getting more attention than I'm getting from being myself or he's getting the positive the positivity and I have to deal with the negative energy or the negative responses so it just seems to be a little eyeball a little out the way but Thank y'all for listening to my rant, my little roast session. I feel like I really needed this moment because a lot has been going on and I just needed a way to deflect or to reflect the energy onto something within this podcast. Um, I've been doing this podcast a little unprofessionally. I'm trying to build it more because I necessarily believe in myself as others believe in me. So I'm trying to get more professional equipment, uh, more professional setting to do this in. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit more serious with it and invest my time in this because investing time is one of the biggest investments you can ever put in force and sacrifice within anything. Always remember that. Whatever you put your time into, that is the biggest investment. Money comes and goes, but time is something that just keeps going. So if you put three hours in this, you can never get those three hours back. If you put your whole day in that, you can never get that day back. That could, that was a day that you could have spent and better yourself in another way, but you decided to put it in something else. So also remember that time is a very big investment, and I do believe in this podcast. I believe in this vision. I believe in 
what has been sent onto me, and I do believe in other people doing what they love, regardless of what society perceives it to be. So if you love something, and if you love to do something, and you just feel like it is a part of you, then you should most definitely do it. And if you haven't figured it out yet, then don't worry. It'll come to you. Everything comes in time, and everything comes when it's necessary. That's another thing um, that's important to remember as well. But, um, yeah, again, thank you for tuning in to my TED Talk, uh, my rant session about this predicament and about cultural appropriation. So without further ado... Uh, er, what the fuck is er? So without further ado, this was the risk factors of being a cultural appropriating bitch.